0: My philosophy is that what you're looking for in a family is wholeness. You're not looking for perfection. I don't go into families' homes and say, okay, how can I make this better? How can I change everything? Instead, it's you all have your gifts and values that you bring to the world, to each other, to this home. How do we get more of that? How do we create an environment that brings more of that out? And so it really just gives them the baseline.
1: So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder, why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin and this is the Money Talkers podcast. Welcome to another episode of Money Talkers. I have Amanda Joy with me today and I'm so excited about this. She, is, uh, she has got some amazing parenting tips. Um, she is from Family Activation Expert. Um, basically, it's a little crazy how she got started. Her approach to family transformation is brilliant. It's effective. Uh, she's the guru behind Mom Activated Brand. She's also a family performance strategist and the creator of many tools for parents. So if you're a money talker and you're on this listening to help find out how to have successful children and how to deepen your relationship with your kids, that's what Amanda is an expert in that field. So welcome to the show, Amanda.
0: Hi, it's so great to be here. Thank you so much.
1: Awesome. Well, hey, listen, I'm really excited. And I want to ask you a real quick question. So like, why did you get started um, focusing on the families?
0: Focusing on the families. So, seven years ago, I married an entrepreneur. And at the time, I was a single parent of four kids. He was a single parent of four kids. And immediately, we had number nine. And so, I was thrown into this world of chaos where there's nine kids. We both work from home. And so, I have a special needs child. So, just every aspect of parenting thrown at us all at once. And suddenly, I needed to find a way to create sanity because we were outnumbered greatly and one day the kids were going to wake up and realize that and it was all going to be over and so i started trying everything 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 i could get my hands on parenting books programs chore charts systems anything and there was nothing that really created the kind of change that i was looking for because i wasn't looking for you know i just want my kids to follow rules Like, I wanted to create a home that felt really good. I wanted to create a legacy. I wanted to raise kids that I could really feel good about sending out into the world. And everything that I tried just left me feeling like I was falling short. I was feeling frustrated because I was trying so hard. And so after exhausting all of the resources that I could find, I started really going inward and creating things that I really felt right things that felt right to me and I started putting these things in place and it was so effective that I started having people ask me like okay what have you done at your house because it's obvious that things are totally different than you know the chaos that I stepped into the last time I was here and so I started you know teaching just close friends how to do this and then I started getting asked to speak you know to groups of women and show them how to do that and so I did not set out looking to create a business I set out looking to create sanity for myself and it just (laughs) evolved into that.
1: Uh, that, You know what? That's an amazing opening. So, um, and I love that. And so you kind of mentioned though in there, um, that, you know, you got thrown into the chaos, right? But I think all parenting is generally running generally running right into the chaos, right? So everybody's like, you know, have you had kids? You're like, no, we're not ready yet. Like, I would tell you right now, you are never ready.
0: <laughs> there is no ready.
1: <laughs> there is no ready. There are things you can't unsee. So um, so as, as you took that and you, like you said you started speaking to groups of um, groups of women that wanted to kind of just started gravitating to the solution to the problem that you had, um How did you get them to um, find the, I guess, the the, the appropriate way to go to their house and do the same thing? Because not all families are the same way. Like, how do you adjust in between, like, I guess, are they following a very strict program or is it more of like a framework?
0: It is very much just a framework. So my philosophy is that what you're looking for in a family is wholeness. You're not looking for perfection. I don't go into families' homes and say, okay, how can I make this better? How can I change everything? Instead, it's you all have your gifts and values that you bring to the world, to each other, to this home. How do we get more of that? How do we create an environment that brings more of that out? And so it really just gives them the baseline, but everything that i do is centered around relationship right down to if your kids don't pick up after themselves it all boils down to relationship it's your relationship with the kids it's your relationship with each other your relationship with yourself the relationship between siblings their relationship with work like all of it is about how do i view it how does it make me feel what emotions am i operating out of and so how do we get in there and create a lot of joy in your home, create a lot of joy within yourself so that you can become more of who you are as individuals and as a whole, as a family.
1: So do you see, do you think that helps in with an improvement like at home and at work and those kinds of things as well?
0: Oh yes. Yes, definitely. One of the biggest things that I see happen when we go into homes is usually parents have me come in because they're going, you know, I just need my kids to pick up their stuff. Like, you know, because as you know, with one child, on average, you're picking up after that child about 20 times, 25 times a day. And then you add, you know, two kids, three kids, nine kids, and it becomes overwhelming very quickly. Yeah. And you know, what I found is when you tighten down that relationship, all of a sudden, you know, there's, I call it tying strings. All of a sudden, there's this bond that's formed between you where they just, they automatically do it. Because it's like, I love you and I want to make things easier. And I see that this brings you joy. I feel it off of you. And so I just naturally do this. And so that spills over into all areas of life. You know, it boosts their confidence because it feels good to be whole. It feels good, you know, to steer away from perfection and just feel like you're a whole person.
1: Wow. That's a, um, that's a very different way to look at it. And so it sounds like you're almost giving them a why as opposed to a what right? And so why should I be doing this instead of what am I supposed to be doing? I guess is the best way I can say it. And it's kind of like goal setting. You know, if you start with the why, I think it's a lot stronger to get the the what done.
0: Yes, exactly. Only instead of saying what is your why, we're giving them the why through building those strong heartstrings between one another. And they just, they feel compelled to be more a part of that family to show up in a stronger way because they feel good. So
1: is this something that you need to start when they're young, or is it like I mean, when I say young, um, you know, three, four, five years old? Is it something you can implement when they're in their teenage years? Uh, and then, what if you've got a 25-year-old at home? <laughs> can it <this> still work? <laughs> I don't personally. I have an 18-year-old. I'm just curious.
0: <laughs> of course, you know, like with anything, the younger you get it, you know, the more effective it's going to be. Your kids really develop their personality by age five. And so anything after that, you're kind of working to undo patterns that have been put into place. And so there's definitely a lot more resistance that you're going to run into when you're working with a 15-year-old versus a five-year-old, you know, and it's, the same you know you know with a two-year-old you're unloading the dishwasher and they run along and they just they want to help so much and they're so happy to help and you know they're not very helpful but you appreciate just the enthusiasm you know and then your 14 year old that you're like you know could you help me with this it's like oh gosh you know it's gonna (laughs) kill me to have to put these dishes away and um so yeah it's definitely easier the younger they are the older they get the more you have to shift your focus on away from the results and just solely focus your relationship to or your focus to relationship building, period and let go of any of the outcome that might be related to that. So the older your child gets, the more you just focus on the relationship. Let go of the are they gonna pick up their room after this? Let go of all of it. How, so how to, get
1: to that conclusion. How do I come to that yeah, conclusion? how did you get to that conclusion? Because that's, that's an amazing kind of point of view, like to focus less on the results and then the relationship once they get older to it. I'm just curious, what, um, how did you end up with that?
0: Well, the younger that a child is, the tighter the boundaries are. And, you know, there's a reason that children are more confident when there are boundaries in place, and that's because they feel safe. So what I like to do is I like to picture it being like an Olympic swimmer. Mm -hmm. And you picture when they like swim up to that wall and then they push off of it and they gain distance and then they swim across to the other side and they push off of that wall. Well, imagine what would happen if your child swam up to that wall and what they found was like something soft, like like a plastic net. They wouldn't get any distance, you know, and so what we're doing when we're creating boundaries is giving them a safe space where they can really stretch their wings and where they can feel confident in doing that. And the older they get, the further those boundaries move out. And they need that because they start craving you know, to feel like an adult. They wanna be seen as an adult. They wanna be heard as an adult. And so once they get to age like 17, 18, and you start going, wait a minute, we gotta go back to these boundaries that we skipped when you were five, they're gonna feel like they're being seen and treated like a five-year-old and it's really gonna cause the relationship to regress and so it's better just to not even focus on that. If you skipped it, don't beat yourself up about it, but move on to what's next, you know, and create boundaries that are age appropriate for your child at that point.
1: Wow, that's a <laughs> I know that's that's it's extremely deep to think about just even getting them to do the chores and that kind of stuff, like to start and and to really kind of analyze how they're how, how they're seeing it. So empathetic I guess is the word. Um, mm-hmm. that you're kind of got to, you're looking at as opposed to authoritarian style, right?
0: Right, right, because we really are co-creators in our child's lives. It's not you belong to me, and I'm creating another small clone of myself. It's, you know, I'm here to protect, nurture, and guide your soul as you develop in who you're supposed to be as an individual. And so I'm just providing that space and that safety net for you as you develop.
1: I like that. That's uh, It's, you know, I've got two kids, and they're... It's amazing how like people can grow up in the same situation, same scenario. And it hasn't been markedly different for either one of them. It wasn't like when one was two, like we were in Hawaii and the other one was growing up, you know, they've been in like the same area, same time, same family, you know, same kind of, uh, things going on and like two totally different personalities. Right. And and that's part is some of the, some of the parts, it's just extremely amazing to watch with the two of them. And then there, I have also have some of the very like stereotypical things between my daughter and my son then I have somewhere they break them completely you know and so with nine it must be like just a a a house of personalities I would imagine
0: yeah it was and I'm down to four at home so I have emptiness syndrome pretty bad
1: (laughs) (laughs) that bottom one's like oh mom (laughs) So, um, how do you, how, when you're, when you're looking at those different personalities, because they react different to different teaching, right? I would say a lot of times, like, you know, the, um, sometimes it's the, what, the carrot or the stick type mentality type deal and that kind of things. So like, if you've got that kind of wide range of personalities, do you have to individualize a plan to each or do the frame, does a framework work to where you can kind of allow them to find the way that they learn their own way?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. The framework is in place for all of them. And like you, my kids are so different. I have two of my sons are two and a half years apart. And I mean, they've been inseparable since they were tiny, but they are so different. One of them, you would think he was raised in like a military household because every morning since he was like three, he gets up, with the sun, he gets up, makes his bed, lays out his clothes, brushes his teeth, takes a shower, slicks his hair back. Like, he just has this down. That this is the way he does life. And then his brother, who's two and a half years younger than him, oh my goodness, that boy could go years without cutting his fingernails. Like, his hair, dude, your hair is standing on its own. Like, go get some shampoo and wash it. Like, Does this not bother you? But I mean, they are as different as different can be from how they dress, from the kind of music they listen to, you know. And I've raised them exactly the same. They have the same parents, they've had the same experiences, but they're completely different. But that's kind of the beauty of people, you know, is that, you know, we are each our own person, you know. And so I just give them, you know, the same guidelines to where, you know, I'm here to nurture and protect and see what you grow into. And I'm so excited to see. Sorry, my camera cut off. (laughs) 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 Um, But I'm just, I'm so excited to see, you know, each one of them and who they become. And I think a big part of that is, you know, we're all individuals, but we all have a different meaning. We all have a different purpose. We all have a different calling. And, you know, I want to make sure that they have the tools and the space that they need to figure that out. And so, yeah, they're very, very different.
1: (laughs) So when you go in and you're, um, because I know you do two different things. Like you've got a program that you do that is kind of like a a DIY, right, for the parents and those kind of things that can kind of follow along on their own. And then you have other times where you go in more actively. Like, where do you start when you are either working with the family or through the program? Like, if if someone was interested to say, okay, look, my house is chaos and Uh, my kids are running the show, or I can't get them to do the things I want to do without screaming at them 9,000 times a day. Like, where do you, where where would you suggest that people kind of start?
0: The first part, place that I always start is in getting their kids to pick up after themselves. And I know that sounds like a funny place to start, but it's about creating new habits. Because each of us, we wake up every day the same way. We do the same things. And so we need something to kind of break us out of that habit you know, and to form new habits that the kids are used to stepping into. And so it kind of gets them kind of conditioned and ready to embrace change. And so I go in and I get them on. And if you go to momactivated.com, you can find it real easily and download it and print it super simple, but you go in and I created what I call a habit tracker. And then we start with three changes that we want to make in the home. And I always have people work in threes. I feel like the mind just kind of works in threes. You know, yes. we have morning, noon, and night. We have, like, if you if you go through it, you're like, wow, there's so many things that we do in threes. And I found that it's kind of the sweet spot for creating change in your home. Pick three things and tackle it. And not anything emotional. Start with something physical because the, the emotions will kind of follow that. If you tell your kids, you know, today we're going to learn to be nice to each other, they're like, oh, great. <laughs> like, but if you go in and you say, okay, what we're going to change today is when you come home from school, I just want you to put your shoes away, easy peasy. You know, you start with little things like that, then you open the door for bigger change. And more. so, yes, I, I have people start with three things, simple changes, and we kind of build on that.
1: I, so I've got a question, This I'm, I'm thinking about what we were talking about earlier, like the older they get, the more kind of like challenges and things you have to undo. Is it harder to convince, the parents to change their ways or the kids to change their ways?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It depends on the parents. It depends (laughs) on the kids. Yeah. Is to overcome is when the parents are trying to convince the kids to change. That's where there seems to be the biggest pullback. When I go into a home, I'm a new face you know they've never had me yelling at them saying why won't you listen to me you know i'm not the parent that's there you know enforcing boundaries and grounding them and things like that so they're like hey cool (laughs) (laughs) exactly now when the parents step up and say okay we're going to create change Um, I always tell them to expect a little bit of kickback because your kids are used to the patterns of how your family has operated before this. And so their brain is going to go, this is new. This is uncomfortable. You haven't required of this of me before. So there's going to be a little bit of kickback. But the biggest key is in how you present change. And so I tell parents, don't lecture. Kids, they just shut down when you sit and give them a lecture. Just don't lecture your kids just don't do it
1: <laughs> that's, that's a tough one though you have a spouse.
0: Go <laughs> bet to your spouse but don't lecture your kids and so i tell them you know decide what three changes you're going to make decide what the consequences if there are some that go along you know with not doing those things and when you present it to the kids make it fun make it short make it straight to the point so i will literally tell parents bake a batch of cookies Sit them down and say, hey, I want to talk to you about something. We're going to start doing things a little bit differently. I think it's going to be super fun because it's going to free us up to have more time together. These are the three things we're going to change. Here's your chart. You're going to check it off. Go back to playing. Because, you know, what happens is parents want to sit down and say, this is why we have to make this change. This is how stressful I've been feeling. This is how I feel when you're not getting your stuff done. And the child's just feeling smaller and smaller and smaller. And this whole idea of changing is just sounding worse and worse to them. So it's really just in how it's presented. And also, you know, when you see that kickback, don't let it get to you. Your kids are gonna be about half as committed and half as enthusiastic as you are. So if you wanna bring their attitude up, you need to go up even higher. Mm -hmm. You know, don't come back to them and say, see, you're rolling your eyes at me again. No, bring your enthusiasm up. Bring them up to you, draw their heart to you. You're not gonna draw their heart to you by pushing them down.
1: Yeah, no, I like that. And it it gives them short wins. Um, They see the momentum, I would imagine, right? So once they have a little bit of momentum and a little bit of feedback, and so do you find um, that they, in general, and I know all kids are different, but like, in general, do you find that they're um, reacting more towards positive feedback or to avoid the negative feedback? Because I know, I know how it works as adults, like as a marketer, I know, I know the statistics on it, but I'm wondering on the kid's side, if you find it more that the positive or the negative outweighs
0: I have seen the positive outweigh greatly with kids. Um, A lot of time when they're responding more to negative, then there's probably more negative going on in the home that there needs to be. And I think the reason that we grow up to be adults, and this is just my own thoughts and feelings, (laughs) I'm not a psychologist, but I feel like a lot of times, you know, the reason that we spend more time avoiding negativity is because there's been so much time when we've been talked down to. You know, so if you can raise kids in that environment where you're constantly, you know, your goal is to bring them up. Your goal is to believe in your kids so incredibly strongly that when they look at you, when they look in your eyes, they cannot help but believe in themselves because all they see is that belief. You know, your job is to trust them so that they grow to be trustworthy, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it just, I do feel like, you know, whether they respond better to negative you should still draw their heart out with the positive. And, of course, there's going to be times for consequences. Absolutely. But don't let that be the main motivating factor in your home.
1: That's great. Because I know that uh, for me growing up, the words that cut more than anything in the whole, like my parents could have threatened me with anything. It wouldn't hurt as much as been like, I'm really disappointed. Right. Because I was in that kind of like, I was in that like, man, I, I'm a, I was a parent pleaser type kid, you know. So I was yeah. like. I got to get these things done. They'll be like, man, you're just So like, I really think that those expectations of you're going to do great things is a lot better than don't do this. Cause I don't want you to be bad. You know, type of situation. I think they react yeah. a lot better to that as adults. You know, generally we're at like 80 to 90% that we avoid pain as opposed to seek, as opposed to like seek pleasure. Right. And mm-hmm. so as a marketer, you, as an entrepreneur, you have to think you're almost, you're almost always in the 10% right? Because you're always like, you've got this positive mindset, like things are going to happen for me, I'm going to keep going. And you have that's how you change the world. But most people avoid the pain side of it. And so with kids, that's a that's an interesting take that they would gravitate more towards like, I've done something good, you know, that the world hasn't taught them the other way around yet. And that's a that's a beautiful thing. Because I think as parents, we see that in our kids when they're young. Yes, And it's, there's really like, it lets you see the world through their eyes again Mm -hmm. and I think for me that like I play baseball with my son and I can see him light up you know when he's five six years old and I throw the ball and he caught it for the first time like a month ago and he was like oh you know I'm I'm (laughs) on the other side like he had his first baseball hit last week his first base like real baseball game where they're pitching the ball and he hit the ball and I was at third base coach and I think I was like twice as like nervous and like happy and like jumping around so I think it's a really interesting take that when we're in the house trying to do something more along the lines of like chores and that stuff, I don't think that we look at it like that for accomplishments. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it sounds like you're, you're you're lining up those pieces in the house to be important as they are on the extra activities where they get you know praise and um, encouragement and in, in in those you know in tasks that we've done for you know whatever forty years. So we don't right. see them as praiseworthy in accomplishments, right? And so maybe we're projecting that on them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's also, we project on our children that work is a bad thing. Yeah, Work sucks. Work is difficult. Work is a chore. And so I really had that realization about, I don't know, 10 years ago. No, maybe not 10. But anyway, my six-year-old, I overheard him say, oh, laundry's the worst chore. And I'm thinking, when have you ever done laundry? You've never done laundry in your life.
1: Kind of agree And so
0: I realized, (laughs) you must be hearing me. That must have come from me, you know, that I've complained about laundry because there's nine kids in the house and it's like four large loads a day. And so I started thinking, okay, I have a toddler in the house or not. He wasn't even a toddler yet. He was just sitting up. And I was thinking, okay, when I dump toys out on the floor with him and we pick them up together, he doesn't complain. He just happily, you know, puts the blocks in the bucket because nobody has told him that that's a chore. You know, dumping out the blocks is fine, but putting them back in the bucket, that's considered a chore and we want to avoid that at all costs. And so I started thinking about that and I just thought, what if I applied that to all the other kids? What if I went in and I told them, this isn't a job, this is fun. you know. This isn't work, this is family time. And so I started inventing games around chores. Mm. So we would, I went online and I ordered like mop slippers. So we'd all put on slippers and they'd all have their spray bottles and we put on music and we just slide all over the house mopping the floors. And I got them dusting gloves so they could do like jazz hands and while they did all the dusting. And we would buy like costumes on clearance after Halloween and have like superhero cleanup time. And it was so funny because one day, about a month into this, one of my kids came home from school, and I didn't have the chores laid out on the counter because that's what I would do on the kitchen island—like the chores of the day would be lined up. So he comes in my room, and he's like, "Are we doing chores or what?" (laughs) And I'm like, "Wow, my kids are asking for chores!" But it's because I had worked to pre-frame it to where this was a time where they enjoyed—they looked forward to hanging out together and, you know, connecting with one another—and so. You know, that's something that I'm hoping that they will carry into adulthood and go, not every job will be fun, but I can choose to actually have a good time doing this. You know, it doesn't have to feel like work. It can be enjoyable if I just kind of change my mindset and I preframe it.
1: Yeah, that's awesome because we, as an entrepreneur, and especially in the online community and that kind of things, we talk about this stuff a lot because a lot of us has have these kind of trainings where we talk about like their mindset and the paradigm and the way you look at the world and how you attack things and do all that stuff but um to bring it into a, a a family unit that's you know where you're taking it and it's not just like big picture stuff it's chore stuff and it's fun right. you know like you're, you're it, you know i agree with you like it's just there There, i'm thinking about like man i'm gonna go get i'm gonna order some i was just thinking of an, I'm like, I got amazon some floor slippers because that sounds like a lot of fun so right. <laughs> um <laughs> you know and, and if they're if they're looking at things that it, it is it is can be a, a, a joyful thing and it, it can be it can be a, um, it's how you look at the world, you know, the work, work's going to come.
0: It is. And, you know, the the little things become the big picture things. Yeah. You know, how I respond when I hit my head on the cabinet, you know, I bring that into my business, you know, how I respond to the little things in life, how I respond when my six-year-old interrupts me, when I'm in the middle of trying to do something, you know, all of these things play together. And so, you know, it's so interesting that I go into homes, um, most of the homes that I go into and work with are entrepreneurial homes. And, you know, once we shift the family dynamic, they call me back and they're like, my business just exploded. And it's like, well, yeah, it's all connected. You know, you can't completely separate yourself from your family. You know, that whole idea of I got to leave this behind so I can focus on this. And then I'm going to leave work behind and I'm going to come home it's not going to happen. Not completely. Like it all ties together and it all flows together. So if we can help to, you know, make changes in the little things, it spills over into the big things. And that's why once we go in and we say, let's, let's choose three small steps, you know, already with those three small steps are going, wow, I feel the home feels different because all of it ties into each other.
1: Yeah. You know, that's part of like um, emotional gravitation, right? So like when you're in an office and your house is not, your house is unsettled and you're there and you have employees and they can see that it's, it's all over you. You know, they want to avoid you, which means that there's business is going to transfer slower, that there's going to be friction, tension. Mm -hmm. And if you come in and you're beaming and the house is going crazy and like, I imagine what probably happens in the first week, First time that an entrepreneur sees that three changes happen at the house, I can pretty much ninety nine percent guarantee you, there's three things that we're gonna change in this office. <laughs> 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 I can mean, bet you because as soon as we see something work, we're like, ooh, you know, like I gotta take them to my, my office, right? And it's like I'm gonna do this in my business. And so, um, I, I I can definitely see that there's a symbiotic relationship of like the uh, friction at the house and the friction at work because. You know that's one thing that's tough for entrepreneurs to come home and not be the boss. Right. Right. And so, I, you know, I I had kind of I've had a couple of those moments where I've caught myself and I'm like, man, you know what? I gotta let this go and go have some fun with them. You know, right. thinking I could just tell them what to do because they're like little mini employees. You know, and you can't think that way. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work first of all, but second of all, it's not a good relationship either. So, you know. Um and so that's amazing. You talk about like, it, once you have the family unit kind of um, making those progressions that it, it heads back into the house or back into the work. And um, do you, what's the reason you think that the majority of your clients are entrepreneurs?
0: Um, I honestly, I think the main reason is because entrepreneurs can really see the value of that. I feel like from working with a lot of entrepreneurs that, they're way more in tune to how their home is affecting business. And you see it over and over again. You see entrepreneurs go through divorce and, you know, their whole empire just collapses, you know, because a lot of entrepreneurs have chosen this path because they want their time freedom. You know, a lot of them are family people. They want that quality time. They want that freedom. And so I think that's the reason that most of my clients are entrepreneurs. It may just be that most of the community of people that I associate with are entrepreneurs because we kind of get each other. Like, I feel you. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I wonder if they're just more in, I wonder if they're also maybe more sensitive to the stress, right? Because, you know, the nine to five punch the clock, like when you're done, you're done and you go home and then, you know, uh, if something's going wrong at the house, like that's most of what you've had to deal with for the day. I mean, I've been both. So, you know, I know like, if you're at the, if you're at work, entrepreneurship is hard. And so like, it's hard to break that, you know, uh, connection, like you talked about earlier, and you come home, and then things are out of whack at home, too. Like, I wonder if you just feel more failures, you're more, you know, sensitive to the stress of it. Is that?
0: Yeah. Also, with a nine to five, it's kind of like, I know what I have to do every day and I can kind of do it like a robot. Yeah. You know, whereas an entrepreneur, it requires your creativity. It requires your a game. It requires you, you know, yeah. you are your business. Yeah. And you know, when it's a nine to five job, you aren't the business. You're the employee.
1: Yeah. And you can kind of leave it at the door. And I think, right. um, and also maybe another you know, part about two might be in the mindset because as an entrepreneur, you're literally just <laughs> geared to just, finding and solving problems daily like that's I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is that like it you stop doing what you set out to do <laughs> and you start having to deal with like all the stuff that goes along with the business like the HR and the payroll and the taxes and the you know the marketing and the the cash flow and all those fun little games that we play daily you know and so I wonder if that that also has a little bit to do with it say okay well this is I know I have a problem at the house I need to find somebody to help me solve this
0: right
1: you know yeah and, and we yeah. also we also have a tendency to copy success and so that may be where they look and say hey wait you did this with nine kids if you did it with <laughs> nine kids I should be able to do it with two, right <laughs> and, and and they're 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 like hey somebody help me like bringing that in here so that's uh that's got to be a lot of fun because I love dealing with entrepreneurs they have different brains they do wired different emotionally
0: I <laughs> do I love them <laughs> <They're
1: many people. laughs> yeah that's my peep so um and so uh as a as a kind of a thing to kind of wrap up on the uh, on this part of the interview um you know where where, where well, could you give a couple tips that you see that are just glaring that um have meant a lot to you you've gone into families where you've seen massive impact happen on it
0: um tips that people can take and apply right now
1: yeah and i know it's probably you need a major you need the whole problem to solve the whole problem but i'm just curious if you've seen some tendencies maybe that um that would be some good takeaways
0: you know the big key focuses are you know i talk a lot about wholeness and you know a part of that is just you accepting where you're at and and i know that sounds the opposite from creating change you know but change really starts with saying you know, I love who I am. I love my family, I love what I'm creating. Yes, we need some tweaks, but I'm going to choose gratitude. I'm gonna choose to celebrate this. You know, and go into your day looking at, okay, what are the patterns that I kind of walked through yesterday that I don't wanna repeat today? You know, no judgment towards myself, no anger towards myself, but what are the things I don't want to live today? I don't wanna yell at my kids today. I don't wanna go through the day without my bed made you know and so you kind of lay out that intention at the beginning of the day they're little things make little bitty steps you know when you dial in a gun you know it's just these tiny little tweaks and suddenly you're hitting the target you know so kind of have that mentality and say okay so today here are my intentions and then go into the day with that instead of waiting for things to happen And waiting for them to trigger your emotions. Because when you're prepared for it, you've already kind of planned out your response in advance. You know, I'm not gonna yell when the kids do this because I've already laid out my intentions for the day. And it's such a little thing, but it's very, very effective. You know, and help your kids to set out some intentions, just some small intentions. You know, today when I come home, I'm going to put my backpack where it goes instead of in the middle of the floor. And I'm going to put my shoes away and I'm going to put my school clothes in their hamper where they belong. It's three very small steps. And then celebrate the heck out of that, you know, because those little celebrations are what your family is going to be built on. And so, yeah, just set your intentions, help your kids to set intentions and just always keep in mind, you know, that these are individuals, you know, and I am helping them to grow into who they are. They're not all going to be neat freaks. You know, they're not all going to listen to you, but let's, let's face it. You know, it's the people that give you the hardest kickback that really grow to change the world. They may not be the funnest people to raise, (laughs) but they're the people that see what they want in life and they go out and get it. So learn to celebrate all the little things that you see in your kids, you know, oh man, you talk back, but you're going to have a voice and I'm going to celebrate the fact that you have a voice and oh man, you're a slob, but usually those are the creative types you know, and so I see what you're doing there, you know, I see those creative wheels spinning, and I'm going to celebrate those, so it's about your intentions, it's about where your focus is, and helping your kids to set intentions.
1: Wow, that's a, that's an excellent, excellent takeaway for the end of the day, Uh, for the end of the interview, um, I just laugh, because I, as you said that, like, we've had to keep telling ourselves since our daughter was like two, we call her the little general that she's very strong willed. No one's going to take advantage of her in the future. <laughs> and so, um,
0: <laughs> but that's,
1: yeah, she's, she's, yeah, exactly. There's no one, no, she, she's going to be in charge at some place somewhere. <laughs> so, um but listen, Amanda, that is awesome. Thank you so much. Um If, if the people listen right now, the money talkers out there, they want to find more about you and about your program. Where's the best place to get?
0: Uh, go to momactivated.com. Awesome. You can find, you can get in touch with me there. You can check out different courses you can go through in parenting. You can find things to print so you can get started today, creating change in your home. All it takes is one day to decide, this is the day I'm going to do it. And everything changes from there. Uh,
1: that's fantastic. Thank you guys. Go check more about Amanda Joy, um, momactivated.com and money talkers. Listen up for the, uh, for the high impact series we'll have coming out here in a few.